to the Fantasy Shed On Air podcast. Everything you need to win your league. And now, your host, Rich Piazza. What's up, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to the Fantasy Shed On Air podcast. I am Rich Piazza, publisher of FantasyShed.com. And, of course, the aforementioned On Air podcast. You can find me on Twitter at FantasyShed underscore com, as well as at RichPFantasy. You can find my work over on that same site, as well as Fantasy Pros, where I contribute, as well as being part of the expert consensus rankings. This was supposed to be the first ever YouTube show, YouTube video for this podcast. It probably won't be, although maybe I will release a video on there soon, so just keep an eye out for that. All right, the hopes and the plans of going over to YouTube is still going to happen. It's just not happening for this show. There are, because this is a NFL free agency prediction, and there has been already a lot of moving parts, so I scrapped that, uh, the videos uh, that I had planned and the slides I had planned, so I'm scrapping that. I'm just going to do a regular podcast for that. And we'll see what happens in the future over the next couple days where maybe it does get released. So this is, like I just said, an NFL free agency prediction show. We are four days away from this recording of the start of free agency and the start of the NFL league year. We are two days away from the legal tampering portion of free agency, which is just really, really bizarre. So starting on Monday, I guess, Monday the 15th, is when you're going to start to hear about players um, either reaching agreements or, as Adam Schefter usually likes to tweet out, um, I know Woj does this during the NBA draft and stuff where, um, or free agency, where they say... um, you know, they use terms and phrases that's not making it look like an agreement has been made because it technically cannot be. And I thought we would have more of that last year, actually, if I remember correctly, and we did not. It was actually more of we didn't hear very much until actual free agency. So teams and players and agents have actually done uh, a pretty good job of not really disclosing where they're going or what their plans are. At least last year they did. We'll see. If there's anything different, but this is going to be a wild free agency. I cannot wait for this. We have so much talent available in free agency. And it's if you're a team, if you're a fan of a team that has a lot of cap space, as I am um, a fan of the Jets, then it's it's going to be fun, right? Because you have the cap space to make things happen. And, and other teams, every team's going to be able to make moves, okay? Because a cap space, it's always reworked. Um, the Saints were like 65 million over the cap just a couple weeks ago. Now it's like, I think maybe 10 with all the moves that they're making. It might even be less than that now. I know they restructured Michael Thomas's contract as well. So there's restructures. Obviously there's been released and there's going to be more cuts over the next few days, even once free agency starts. Now I think it would be great for teams to, if they're going to release a veteran, do it now. Don't wait until a week or two into free agency and then do it when everybody else has already signed there, guys, right? So show some respect and, you know, do your 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 veterans a solid by releasing them prior to 
uh, free agency. And then again, you can release somebody now and they can actually sign before free agency. Okay, once they clear waivers. So, but it's going to be wild. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. And I'm going to predict where some of these free agents will go. This is only a prediction. I don't know anything as far as I don't have any inside sources. I'm not pretending that I do. You know, these are just my predictions based on what I feel is a good team fit, salary cap wise, stuff like that. So you don't have to agree with it. You probably won't. That's fine. It's all good. Tell me why. And we can have a nice conversation about that. But let's get into it. And we're going to start with quarterbacks. And we have already seen Dak Prescott, who is going to be the one I, st- I spoke about first. He re-signed with the Dallas Cowboys. So he is now off the market. So we could forget about that. Uh, Cam Newton, we could forget about him because he also re-signed with the New England Patriots. So two free agent quarterbacks are now off the board. And the quarterback position is going to be a wild one and a very intriguing one. Because if you remember just a couple months ago, Adam Schefter reported that he sees as many as 18, or if he put the over-under on the number of quarterbacks changing teams, he said 18. And he put the he put his money, well, if he put money, on the over. So that's interesting. We've already seen a couple, and we have some more names out there. So there could be a lot of moves. And we have about five draft quarterbacks six if people are including Kelamon now um where we could see going in the first round three of them or four of them in the top five even so it's gonna be a wild ride for quarterbacks and very hard to predict with a lot of moving parts so i don't think anybody saw the matthew stafford and and jared goff switch so things happen that you probably don't even expect to so Let's just have some fun with this. And we're going to start with, I don't know, let's start with Jameis Winston, right? Sean Payton, he hasn't been shy about saying he wants Winston back. And Drew Brees hasn't officially retired yet, which is very, very interesting there. And he's posting workout videos, which looks like somebody who's not planning on retiring. So we don't know what's happening there, but I can see the Saints bringing back Jameis Winston on, again, a low-level deal. They don't have much money. And we might see, if that happens, if Drew Brees retires and they bring back Winston, we actually might see the first-ever real quarterback-by-committee type of system where Winston is in a committee with Taysom Hill, who is eating up, right now, $16 million of cap space, unless that is also restructured soon. So... I'm interesting to see what happens there, but I am going to say that Winston does return to the New Orleans Saints. Then we have Ryan Fitzpatrick, and I still have him on this list, even though there are reports that he is leaning towards retirement, which honestly would be a big loss for the NFL and those that like to stream quarterbacks in the fantasy land, right? Fitzpatrick is the perfect quarterback for a team looking to bring in a veteran with the chance to start, and that pretty much makes his possibilities endless, okay, for those in need. And for that reason, it may be a while before he signs with a team. A team like the Texans would make sense if they trade Watson, or the Bears if they acquire somebody like Sam Darnold. Are the Eagles completely sold on Jalen Hurts? But for me, the best spot for him is Denver. It's a two-hour flight from Denver to Arizona, which is where his family is. 
so it's not a crazy distance away from his family. And what is Drew Locke? What does Denver think of Drew Locke? And we don't know that yet. And I don't think the Broncos know that yet either, which is exactly why he makes a ton of sense there. Perhaps he's older, though, and doesn't want to deal with the camp aspect of the NFL. So a late August signing would not surprise me. He's a very smart guy. How many times a game do we hear he went to Harvard? So picking up a new playbook wouldn't be too tough a challenge for him. He could very well be the starting quarterback if Locke struggles early. And if they decide to go in a different direction and draft a quarterback, he could still be the starter and mentor whoever the quarterback is. I just love this spot for him. It makes so much sense. And I'm not going to rule out a late August signing so he can contemplate his retirement or say he's retired and then come back out of retirement in late August and avoid all that training camp nonsense. Ryan Fitzpatrick to the... Denver Broncos is my prediction for him. Mitchell Trubisky. I originally had him pegged to New England, but with the re-signing of Cam, that appears to be an unlikely scenario. My second choice for him was Washington, but I am now rethinking that decision as well, although I still think that makes a ton of sense. I'm wondering if someone like Trubisky is going to have to wait until after the draft takes place to find a home. I mentioned Washington, But what if they trade for Sam Darnold? They've been linked a lot. Or Teddy Bridgewater. Or someone else. And those are the moves we probably won't see happening until around, during, or after the NFL draft. But I'm not going to take it... Excuse me. I'm not going to take an easy way out. I want to try to find a place for him where he can go during free agency. Well, how about Denver? I just talked about Denver with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Now, Denver sits at pick number 10. They may have a chance at one of these top quarterbacks in the draft. But if they feel the one that they like doesn't make it to them, they could go ahead and make a move for Trubisky. Again, later on. What about Pittsburgh? They sit at pick 24. And it's very likely that Lawrence, Wilson, Fields, Lance, and Jones are all gone by then. And let's face it, this is it for Big Ben, right? But do they pull the trigger on Kellen Mond in the first? Some say he's going to go in the first round, but I do not see it personally. I just don't. I do not see Kellen Mond as a first round pick. You could fight me on that. I don't care. How about San Francisco? They're sitting at pick number 12. They could also wait to see how the draft unfolds. As they too have also been linked to Sam Darnold. So while I do think that Washington is the best and most logical destination... I'm going to step outside the comfort zone a little bit here. And I'm going to say he signs with Pittsburgh. Maybe on a one or two year deal, something like that. Is where they have him for next season and then can reevaluate things. Because this is it for Ben. So you'll have your quarterback in place for 2022. Somebody that can step in and start if Ben struggles or gets hurt. So I'm going to just say... If he's going to sign during free agency, it's going to be with Pittsburgh, in my opinion. If he's going to wait until after the draft, it could be someplace else like Washington, San Francisco, or Denver, just to see how that goes. But let's say let's say Pittsburgh for Mitchell Trubisky, and wow, I spent way too much time on him, so let's move on. Andy Dalton. I really wanted to put Dalton in New England. Again, I decided to go with Trubisky there, but again, Cam Newton has re-signed, which was a little bit of a surprise, especially with the up to $14 million contract. So Dalton, how about he just backs up or competes with Jalen Hurts in 
Philadelphia. I really didn't have, I don't really have much of uh, a list of destinations that make a lot of sense here. So we'll put him in a competition with Jalen Hurts over there in Philadelphia. All right, let's get to the fun stuff. Let's get to the running backs. Running backs. I had to try that little feature. I hope it was nice. All right, we'll start with Aaron Jones. A lot of predictions I see have the Jets as the best spot for Aaron Jones. Why? Because they have the most cap space. It's an obvious need. But I, however, I don't see Joe Douglas spending heavily on the position. I just don't. With the amount of offensive linemen that were available even before all these cuts, and now with the cuts that we've seen over the past couple of days, if you're a team with cap space and a need for offensive linemen, this is your free agency. And that is where Joe Douglas and the Jets need to spend as much of their cap on. Seriously. Go ahead. Make sure that line is what you want before the draft. So you didn't have to worry about the offensive line in the draft. At least not early on. But that's a little side note. So I don't think Joe Douglas and the Jets, they spend heavily on a running back in free agency. I think they might address it later on with some lower tier backs. And maybe again in the draft. So I don't have Aaron Jones going there. I have him going to Miami. Again, it makes just way too much sense. You're talking about a team that's a contending team. They have over $30 million in cap space right now. And they shuffled around last year with Miles Gaskin, Salvin Ahmed. Um, they had Matt Breeder for a little bit, for a minute, right? Jordan Howard, he was released during the year. So they could have somebody like Aaron Jones standing behind Tua on a team that can compete right now with the need, the cap space on it in a division competing with the Buffalo Bills. So I like Aaron Jones to Miami. There have been some reports. There is mutual interest there, and I can understand why. It just makes a ton of sense. If not Miami, if not Miami, I like him in Seattle, by the way. But I'm going to stick with Miami for my Aaron Jones prediction. Kenyon Drake. Now, the biggest question is whether or not the Cardinals really believe that Chase Edmonds and or, you know, Benjamin can lead the backfield. If they do, Drake is going to be looking elsewhere for work. Um, I've seen him in a lot of places. I've seen him pay to Seattle. I've seen him going to um, a team like, uh, I'm trying to think where else I've, I've seen him go to. Um... New England. I've seen him there. I think he goes to Atlanta. Now, Atlanta does need to make some things happen in, the, in their cap situation in order to sign him, okay, because they're over the cap right now. But again, that means nothing. There's still plenty of time for these guys to get at the cap or, or under, excuse me. So Aaron Jones, I think, goes to the Atlanta Falcons. I don't think he's going to get a contract that he expects. I think it's going to have to be a little less of a contract than he probably would have have liked but um Kenyon Drake is a, a good fit for the Atlanta Falcons so the problem here is is the fact that these guys it's also teams cap space and I think teams now are starting to realize that they don't have to spend a lot on a running back if you look around the league and you see these guys drafted in the, the second, the third, the fourth rounds, sometimes even later, 
they have an impact in the running game and you're not paying big bucks. And I think the days of the running backs making a lot of money, I mean, they were really never there, which is what happened with Le'Veon Bell. He he wanted more money than the market dictated. And we, we know what happened with that after he signed with the Jets. I just don't see it. And I feel bad because they are the workhorses, right? They're the ones who, who are or getting pounded on almost on every single play, whether they're blocking or, or running with the ball. So they should get paid more. But the market isn't there. You could find guys later on in the draft, lower level guys. Brian Hill made Todd Gurley look like, look ancient. And, and that's just how it is. Raheem Mostert, right? Jeff Wilson, they have succeeded based on the system and and whatnot. And they're not highly paid guys. So I think these running backs and Kenyon Drake might actually be, it's unfortunate. I think Aaron Jones gets paid. I don't know if he's going to get paid what he also wanted, but I don't think Kenyon Drake is going to get paid what he expects. But anyway, we'll just say that he goes to the Atlanta Falcons. Then you have Chris Carson. I don't think he's resigning with Seattle. And recently there's been a lot of more talk about Chris Carson and the Jets. Again, for the same reason, I'm not so sure. The price has to be right. I think he's a good fit. The Jets would want somebody in that system that can catch the ball. We know Carson can. He's a good running back. He's often injured. We get that. But again, the Jets have cap space. They have draft picks. You could. Uh, they have LaMichael P. Ryan, so they could afford to bring somebody in like Carson if the price is right and if he's hurt you have enough there between as I said P. Ryan and the draft in order to have depth maybe they bring somebody else in maybe they bring in a Tevin Coleman as well as he's familiar with with that system over there from San Francisco so it makes sense but the price has to make sense the same reason I talked about before with the Jets and Aaron Jones and what the Jets need to do, what they should do with all their cap space and the availability of the offensive line. If the price is right, then Chris Carson makes sense. If not, I think he goes to someplace else. And I'm, I'm not going to change my prediction. I'm not going to change my prediction with the latest reports that are suggesting the Jets. I'm going to stick with where I had him. I had him at Tampa Bay. All right. I had him going to Tampa Bay as the primary running back. And again, you have, and they are going to have to do some moves, which we know they will restructuring deals to get under the cap. Um, but they have Ronald Jones. Ronald Jones is very capable to step in if Chris Carson is injured. So, and it's not, he's not somebody that you have to take off the field. I'm talking about Chris Carson in passing situations. So I like Carson in Tampa Bay. Um, and we're going to go from there. So what about Leonard Fournette, who was in Tampa Bay? Um, I think he switches with Chris, with Chris Carson, and I like him in Seattle. Uh, they want to run the ball more. He's a big back. Again, he could also catch the ball, and I think he might come in at a little bit of a cheaper price than Chris Carson will. So uh, let's say Leonard Fournette, uh, he goes to Seattle. So him and Carson kind of are traded for each other in that sense. Then you have on the a much lower tier, you have James Conner, Todd Gurley, Tevin Coleman, Jamal Williams, and James White, just to name a few. Uh, more could hit the market as well. But James Conner... Um, I like for Buffalo, Todd Gurley. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on these guys, obviously, for, you know, the reasons. There's no reason to. Um, Todd Gurley, uh, I think he might either retire or rejoin Drake in Atlanta. 
based on my prediction. I mentioned Tevin Coleman the Jets. I'm going to stick with that. Um, even if they do uh, you know, sign someone like Chris Carson. Uh, Jamal Williams, I think he returns to Green Bay. And James White, I just have on the list. I don't know if anybody's even going to sign him. But if they do, why not in Jacksonville um, over there as a, a third down specialist for, uh, for Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars. All right, let's get to some fun stuff, right? The fun stuff in the wide receivers. Now, wide receivers, not as fun now that Allen Robinson and Chris Godwin have been tagged and will not hit the open market, although I could see Robinson get traded at some point as well. He's not happy. He does not want to be there. He does not want to tag, and he does not want to be there. He wants an extension, a long-term deal, and he wants to be someplace else. Maybe he'll accept a long-term deal in Chicago, depending on who they bring in at quarterback. I mean, if Russell Wilson is traded to Chicago, you know Allen Robinson's going to want to be there. But he wants his money as well. So teams in need. Who needs a who needs a wide receiver? Anybody could use an impactful wide receiver. Any team in the league, except for maybe Tampa Bay. So that's what makes this, again, a lot more fun. And I think teams are going to be more willing to pay for a top-tier running back like Allen Robinson, well, if he was available, or a top tier running back, a uh, top tier wide receiver in general, than they would for uh, a top tier running back. That's that's why I mixed up my words. I apologize. So where do we start, right? But you know, for what it's worth, by the way, I had Robinson signing with the Colts, if not for the tag. A contending team, they have cap space, a need for a true number one receiver. But oh well, I guess we will never know. But that's where I had him predicted prior to the franchise tag by Chicago. Uh, Chris Godwin, I did have being tagged anyway, so let's just move on to Kenny Galladay, who now becomes the top free agent wide receiver on the board. And I wrote about this on a featured article for Fantasy Pros just just the other day. And I have Kenny Galladay to the New York Giants. Makes a ton of sense for both the player and the team and the quarterback. Now, the Giants also need to do some work to clear enough money in cap space in order to make this happen. But I can't say it's enough. That's not a problem, making salary cap work. Although, we are talking about Dave Gettleman, so that might be an issue. But bringing in a 6'4 receiver would be a perfect complement to to Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton. And would give third-year quarterback Daniel Jones a much-needed, big-bodied target. With the Giants, I think we could we could potentially see Galladay uh, get back to or close to his 2019 form when he had 65 receptions, 1,100 yards, and 11 touchdowns. If we're talking fantasy purposes, he would get the most targets, I think, there. And he's going to be the red zone threat, the primary red red zone or end zone threat if he goes there. Because we all know that tight end can't really catch very well if he's even on the team by then. So I think fantasy purposes, Galladay and the Giants would make him a good enough bet to be a a back-end wide receiver one, which those numbers I mentioned were. If you put 65 receptions, 1,100 yards, and 11 touchdowns, that would be a top 12 wide, rec- wide receiver in fantasy. So let's just say Kenny Galladay the Giants, but now somebody on social media posted um, Galladay in a, a Colts jersey, Colts uniform. Well, yeah. That also makes sense for the same reason why I had Robinson pegged there. Contending team with the need and the cap space 
it absolutely makes a lot of sense. Right? The Colts have like $50 million right now in cap space. So he would be a great fit there. That might be the best place, I think, for Gallaudet to go. But sometimes we know how this happens. It's not always the place that we expect him to. Will Fuller. He's a tough, he's intriguing one to predict, right? He, if Houston keeps watching, which they are still saying he, they are, then I think they do whatever they can to retain Will Fuller as well, in hopes to make Watson happy. But I don't know if anything's going to make Watson happy. And I don't think Will Fuller wants to be there either. So they could offer him the most money. They didn't tag him. And he's free to sign anywhere. And I don't think he signs with Houston. If for some strange reason, some miracle, as far as I'm concerned, where Watson's traded to the Jets in the next couple days, then I think Will Fuller will follow him there. If Watson is traded uh, someplace else, Chicago, maybe he follows him there. Carolina, maybe he follows him there. But I don't think Watson's going to be traded anytime soon, so let's not even forget about that. So I think the best place for Will Fuller is the Green Bay Packers. They tried acquiring him during the free agency, uh, during the trade deadline last year anyway. Nice compliment to Devontae Adams. I would like that. I'm sure Aaron Rodgers would love that. And where does Green Bay stand in the salary cap world? They are also over the cap by about $5 million. Not much. It should not be uh, long before they clear that enough, uh, clear that and have enough room to sign somebody like Will Fuller. So let's say Will Fuller to the Packers. And now we go to a break. How about that? How about we take a break and we talk about Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy. Come prop up on Thrive Fantasy this season as Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports app for player props. They have eliminated the need to do countless hours of research because they only ask you about the top tier athletes in a respective sport. It's not NFL season, but they still have NBA, MLB, PGA, eSports, and more. You choose five out of the 10 player prop options to build your lineup. Each prop has a fantasy point total associated with the over or under based on its likelihood to occur. The more points a selection is worth, the riskier it is. Rack up the most points and you win your share of the prize pool. If you're doing PGA, Thrive has new contests for each day of the tournaments Thursday only, Friday only, Saturday only, etc. So don't sweat if your golfers ruin your weekend by not making the cut. Thrive has awarded over 1.5 million in prizes since launching in 2018. Use promo code SHED, S-H-E-D, when you sign up today and you will receive an instant $20 bonus on your first deposit of $20 or more. That's promo code SHED. S-H-E-D When you sign up today And you will receive your instant bonus On your first deposit of $20 or more Download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store Or Google Play Store Or by visiting their website At www.thrivefantasy.com Sign up and prop up today All 
All right, we're getting to the end of the show. So let's wrap this up. Let's run through these remaining free agent um, wide receivers. We'll quickly touch on the tight ends, and we'll wrap it up there. Juju Smith-Schuster, and he's another player I feel is tied to a, a particular quarterback. And for some strange, ridiculous reason, the Jets decide to keep Sam Darnold. I think that is where Juju ends up. They have the history over at USC. And, you know, maybe bringing in someone like Juju can also help Sam Darnold, which I guess anybody, you bring in anybody could help Sam Darnold, but who the heck knows. Um, however, I don't think the Jets keep Darnold. I'm hoping they don't keep Darnold. So while bringing in Juju makes sense anyway, I think he'll follow his college quarterback, wherever that is, whether it's Washington, whether it's Chicago, but we might not know. We might not know where Sam Darnold is until the draft. Juju's not going to wait that long. So I'm having a hard time predicting where he goes. I really am. But I need to make a prediction. And that's why I'm going to go with Washington. I think he goes to the football team. He's on the other side of Terry McLaurin for whoever is throwing them the ball. So let's say Juju to Washington. Corey Davis. Now, the Titans, they decline his fifth-year option. He had a bounce-back season. He has the pedigree, and he was drafted as a number one receiver by Tennessee. Hasn't really... He's shown flashes of that, but he has not lived up to that draft pick. But let's put him with my Jets. So he was going to cost less than Juju, than Will Fuller, than Kenny Galladay. He might even cost less than Curtis Samuel. And again, with the Jets having the amount of cap space they have, I think they spend it primarily, or I hope they spend it primarily on the offensive line. But I still think some of it has to be spent on, on the wide receiver, maybe a cornerback as well. I like Corey Davis. He could be the number one for the Jets. You pair him up with Denzel Mims. Maybe you draft somebody. Or as I have my next guy, Curtis Samuel, I have him going to the Jets too. I have them double dipping on wide receivers with Corey Davis and Curtis Samuel. You might be able to get both of them for just around the same price that maybe just Kenny Galladay would have cost you or Juju or even Will Fuller. The Jets and Robert Salah has, has repeatedly said, we want to play fast. Curtis Samuel, in that offensive scheme, he's your, he's your Debo Samuel. He's your Brandon Ayuk type of player. He can line up all over the place. I think he's a great fit for, for that offense and what the Jets want to do. And... This might be tied into a little bit about Jamison Crowder, who I would like the Jets to keep on a restructured deal. Restructure that deal, get Crowder under the $11 million he's due right now. And then you have enough, like I said, to sign a Corey Davis and a Curtis Samuel for the same price you would have if you paid for somebody like Kenny Galladay. So now, if you keep Crowder and restructure his deal... Now you have Corey Davis, Curtis Samuel, Jamison Crowder, and second-round pick from a year ago, Denzel Mims. And I like that. And I like that. I think that makes a lot of sense. That's what I'm hoping. I'm a Jeff fan. What can I say? Maybe I'm biased. How about T.Y. Hilton? He, you know, nearing the back end of his career, right? So look for Hilton to find maybe a contending team. 
Quite a few teams make sense here, including the Packers if they miss out on Fuller. Ravens and Titans make a ton of sense as well. However, a team that's competing, who could use the weapon, has the space. I think Hilton joins Aaron Jones in Miami. So now you have Devontae Parker, Hilton, um, and Preston Williams, if he's ever healthy. So Hilton to Miami is where I predict that. Let's just run through a couple more. Uh, Marvin Jones, I like him in Tennessee. Antonio Brown, I think he returns to Tampa Bay. A.J. Green goes to Baltimore. Sammy Watkins, yeah, maybe the Giants have enough space to sign him and Galladay. Who knows? Well, maybe they bring him in if they missed out on Galladay. Um, John Ross, I don't know, maybe Buffalo, right? They released John Brown, maybe bring in John Ross. Uh, Nelson Aguilar to the Jaguars and Brashad Perriman to the Patriots. That's the only wide receivers I have mentioned that I'm going to predict for now. So let's run through the tight ends. There's only three of them that I feel is even worth um, running through and trying to predict. More are being released, so there will be more along the way. But let's just wrap this up. Hunter Henry is probably the number one on the list. Well, you might have Jonah Smith, depending on your rankings. Um, but I don't know if there's a, a better pairing or things that make sense than Hunter Henry and the Patriots, right? The Patriots have a ton of money still to spend. They just, like I said, they brought in Cam Newman back another year. Give him that tight end weapon. He was successful with Greg Olson. Give him that big tight end weapon. So you bring him in. You, you maybe bring in a lower tier wide receiver to pair up with Nikhil Harry. Nikhil Harry, who have been has rumors of being of being uh, dealt. I don't know about that. Uh, Jacoby Myers and Edelman. And I mean, let's face it, they have not had a tight end since Gronk since Gronk left. So. Hunter Henry to New England, and they might have to overpay a bit, but I think that makes a lot of sense for them. Jonu Smith, young quarterbacks need to and tend to rely on their tight ends. So let's give Trevor Lawrence a big, versatile tight end to stretch the middle of the field in Jonu Smith and the Jacksonville Jaguars. I like that fit. And Gerald Everett, I feel, is a little bit underrated. He's also undersized. He had a poor year this past season. I think he had like six or seven drops, but he hasn't had a drop prior to that. Um, he's fast. Again, undersized at only 6'3". And um, I know a lot of people, again, have, have Jono Smith going to the Jets because of the cap space and need. But I like Gerald Everett there. Going a, a you know lesser end price-wise, uh, price he's athletic. He's fast. Again, he fits into the Jets mantra of playing fast. And he would cost less than Jonu Smith. So Gerald Everett to the New York Jets is my prediction for him. That is going to wrap up the show on quarterbacks, on wide receivers, on running backs, free agent predictions. Probably none of them will come through. And that's fine because it's just fun to do anyway as our mock drafts when we really don't know a damn thing. So, thanks for listening to the show. Please subscribe on any of your favorite podcasting apps. Tune in and be sure to pay attention for our YouTube channel, which will, I promise this, will launch very soon. So check that out. Thanks for listening and enjoy free agency.
Thanks for listening to Fantasy Shed on Air. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at FantasyShed underscore com for information on upcoming episodes as we help guide you to a fantasy football championship. <laughs>